Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, good evening. It's Wednesday night. I'm tr- since I'm trying to catch up not to be behind, because I did an extra one this week about Putin. Um, so let me take a look at the Haftarah now, which this week is, of course, Pasha's Par, one of the four. And uh, this uh, podcast is being sponsored by uh, Matt Hirschfeld, Matthew Hirschfeld. I didn't have a chance to meet him online. I hope I will, but I want to thank him for the uh, sponsorship. Uh, and now without any further ado, we have a very strange, uh, it's not strange, but it's unusual, Haftarah. <clears throat> and I'm going to give you, as always is the case, my take on it. The regular Afarshim understand it differently. I'm just not in the mood dose of the regular Afarshim. Instead, I'll tell you how I understand it, and I'll reduce most of this in English. Now, the reason is because it says, Atahir Eschem, you know, since Parsha Par Batahara, we call to Masechem Atahir Eschem, you know, Vasirosi Lev Evan, Mibsarchem, and all that business. <clears throat> uh, but here's the thing. <clears throat> the This is the Prophet Yechezko, he's talking to the Jews. He's not exactly talking to the Jews of his time because it didn't happen. So this is a Messianic prophecy. Again, I'm telling you how I understand it. It's a Messianic prophecy. And it's uh, most unusual in the following sense. How do we understand Mashiach time is going to be? So the answer is, you know, bitachishana, so to speak. Which means that um, the Jewish people will repent, or there will come a certain date, terminex, you know, terminus, in which enough is enough, and Hashem will just take everybody back in. So one way would be, I, I guess you would call it a positive way, the people will see the light, is the kind of prophecy we see in Chumash and Parshat Vayelach, that some Vayelach, you know, with that, Bikashtem Misham, Hashem Matzasa, Kizushem Cholvachonavshecha, and, uh, you know, all that kind of, all that stuff. That is one way. However, there is another way. Okay? And the other way is that the Jewish people do not repent. They say jerks all the way through, throughout the Golas. As a matter of fact, um, because they're stupid, so they actually get worse in the Golas. And, you know, the reason is because, you know, since they're cut off from their own land, and they had bad habits to start out with. When I say they had bad habits to start out with, I mean they left Eretz Yisrael as idol worshippers. The reason they were kicked out is because of their addiction to idol worship. Even if you tell me that they got rid of the Yitzhara, but it was transferred to other things. And the Jews never have a good record in any particular goals. It's always a temporary, you know what I mean? A generation, two, three, four, five, whatever. It's not good. And... For a whole variety of reasons, they end up in Chil Hashem situations. They end up in Chil Hashem situations. That is what the Prophet is telling us about today in this rather remarkable Haftorah, okay? Which is in the middle of chapter 36. But the truth of the matter is, the the, uh, the 36 is a Geisha thing. It might, it might be really the beginning of a separate prophecy. It's, it's debatable. Um, but, of course, what he says is like this. That... Um, 
Let's see now. 36. Here we go. Face Israel, I kicked the Jews out because they lived in Eretz Yisrael and they really screwed up. Ketumas Hanido. That's a pretty strong expression. And therefore, I kicked them out of Israel. And I spat and I kicked them out of Israel. Here's the thing. When they were kicked out of Israel, there should have been a shock. And they should have said, boy, we messed up. And it should have been like Parshan Natsam Ba'ilach. That, That's what it should have been. They should have said, boy, we were lost our land. We really messed up. Let us now resolve to repent and earn by our repentance a return to Eretz Yisrael. But it's not what happened. Okay? Now, uh, <laughs> Rashi and others read this in a certain way, but I'm going to tell you my way. They came to the land where they were, by, and they made a Chal Hashem. They got involved in scandals. It could be financial, it could be moral, it could be this, that, and the other. It's a sad statement. But and the Goyim said, I guess, I thought this was the Yom Hashem. This had her acting. And Hashem eventually said, I couldn't stand the unbelievable Chil Hashem's that they're doing in the countries that are exiled. Which reflects bad on me, because the Chil Hashem means Chilul Hashem, Chilul Hashem, profanation of God's name. The Jews are the Jews, and the people believe in the Bible. Again, the Goyim believe in the Bible, often in history. And they say, this is who they are. Oh, you know, it makes God look stupid for picking them. Get it? So that's the Chilol Hashem. He says these words. He's a Navi. He's giving Hashem's words over. I, I couldn't stand the profanation of my name, God says. That they're in there. And therefore, it came to a point where Hashem said, all right, darn it, you're not doing too well, I'm going to take you back anyway. I'm not happy about this. You hear what I said? I'm going to take you back halfway because I, I have to. I made a promise. And anyway, the Chil Hashem they're making in the Chutzlarts is, is, is unbearable, Hashem says. Therefore, I'm going to take him back to Israel. But, how should I put it? It won't be a sign of divine favor. <laughs> In the sense that this generation has earned it, but it's more like I gotta, you know, pay what I promised Avram Yitzchak Yaakov and that kind of thing. And he says these words. That's why it's a very, very bitter Torah. You understand? I'm gonna take you back. You will rebuild Eretz Yisrael, but it's not because of what you did. It's because of the Chil Hashem that you made. So it's almost counterintuitive. They sinned, and as a result, they got rewarded by getting back to Israel. But it was more like, you made such a stink in Chutzlarts that I got to get you back to Israel. At least there, if you'll, if you'll mess around, Jew on Jew won't be the same thing as Jew on the Goyim, won't be the same color Hashem. Therefore, I want to make a Kiddush Hashem which was profaned among the Goyim. And therefore, they know, So I will bring you back. Okay? And 
I will do something that's like cheating. And I will sort of magically, that's not the right word, but through a divine grace, be matire everybody. So let's put it this way. I will, um, this is how I understand it. I will, I, God, me, I will cause the spirit of Chuba to come upon you. It won't, it, it, it won't come from you where it's where it should come. So I'll make it happen sort of artificially. Now, I, that's cheating. Yeah, Yates, Toby, Yates, Aurora, and supposed to be even and fight. What can I do? What can I do? We use this pusik all the time. But in my personal humble opinion, I don't think it's usually properly understood. And it is possible to interpret it in a nicer way, but I don't think that's what it means. See, Hashem, I'll give you a What does that mean? You can't earn it on your own, or you won't. I mean, you can, but you won't. And if I wait for you to do the... the, the, the it'll never happen. And so therefore, I'll have to make an artificial tshuva movement or something like that. And I'll give you a leib chadosh. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't say that you will, by your own efforts, recognize what's wrong. Like it says in the Chumash, uh, you know, how's it go? And, you know, you'll start Isarusa del Saul, and that'll promote Isarusa del Ela. To use the Hasidic language, the, the, the Kabbalah language, ain't going to be no Isarusadol saw. So, this is a uh, pessimistic and harsh version of the future. It's not the only one. There are other prophets out there that give a different version of the future. That's why we say Bita Nachisheno. There are two possibilities out there. It's a little bit funny. It's like me showing you when you're born, I got two movies, baby. Here's one how you could turn out your life this way. And here's one how you can turn out your life that way. In other words, before you live it, I'm going to show you two two ways you could two movies that are two possible ways of you living your life. That's what the Nevi'im do. They're laying out two movies for the future history. If I if that's an oxymoron, but you know, future history of the Bnei Yisrael will turn out. But it's up to you. <laughs> you get it? It's up to you. Uh, in the vision of Yecheskel and both of Hashem, these are real Navi's over here. These are not just guys shooting their mouth off. These are Nevi'im. And so Hashem is giving in a time of Yecheskel a, 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 a negative kind of a, a assessment. And he's saying that I will have to uh, change your heart. So you want to know something? V'nosati l'chem leiv chadosh is not teshuva. That's like grace. You get it? Uh, that's just a matana. When he says over here, Hasi rosi leiv v'ebim that I'll remove the leiv v'ebim I'll circumcise the foreskin of your heart, basically. What it means is, you won't. I will. Because I can't rely on you. And if I put my ruach in you, so that's already, like I say, that's a certain way of cheating. Like the HR will say, it's not fair. And Hashem said, I don't care. I'm changing the rules. And I will make it, you'll all start keeping Torah mitzvahs. And then everything will be good. It'll be good because I, God, make it happen. You understand? It didn't come where I would have preferred it to come, which is from the downstairs up, so it'll come the other way around. 
And he says, like you see, so like this is sort of like a parallel version of what you find in the Chumash and the Tzambayot, but in a in a strange way, because there also predicts the prosperity. But here the prosperity is coming, as I said before, not because we started it, because Hashem, in His mercy or whatever, to keep His promises, just makes it happen. You'll have prosperity and food, pre-O-H's. Okay? So you won't have to go through the shame of being starvation among the Goyim. Which means, I, God, am going to make it that you'll never go into Gauls again. It'll be somewhat artificial, meaning it won't be, it'll be like Nahama Kasufa, as they call it, you know. It won't be because you earned it, uh, but you'll now earn it as a result of the grace that I pour upon you. Uh, right? So that you won't ever go again into Golas, where again you'll make another Chel Hashem. <laughs> like I can't... The whole purpose of the Golas was purgative. That's the theory behind the Golas. It's not punitive so much. Of course, it is punitive. But it's always purgative. That it'll uh, purify you. In other words, if the Jewish people uh, took the Golas in the right way, they would say, oh, I miss Eretz so much. I see how terrible it was to uh, go off the derech, and we lost our own country, and we don't have a base of anymore. Boy, if I only had another chance, I would make it right this time, and I would never mess up again. That's the way it's supposed to be. But it's not not the way that he's portraying it over here. And uh, so it's quite a quite a prophecy. It was a, and now look at this. He says, that's pretty doggone bitter. He says that when you're in this new... Um, Situation I just described. Precisely because I removed the foreskin of your heart. Precisely because which Hashem did even though they didn't deserve it. Now you will be able to evaluate your own history and past and recognize what screw-ups you were. Okay? And then you will feel, you will wince at what you did wrong in the past. Now, it's funny. It, that's a, a kind of teshuva. But it's only because Hashem gave him an extra new heart. So it's not really true. Real tshuva means, you know, like Novartic. You're down there, you're, you're, you're in the trenches with the eight Sahara, slugging it out. You understand? They're putting temptation in front of you and this and that and the other, and you're punching away. Uh, that's not what's going to be over here. When you're in Eretz Yisrael, and you have this prosperity, and you're granted all this uh, good stuff, and... Uh, uh, in addition to that, you uh, are assured that you won't go into goals anymore. And you have this uh, new vision. You know what? I'm going to use an example. People tell me when they do now the uh, cataract operations. I'm going to have to have one one of these years. When you have the cataract operation, you don't need glasses anymore. And you see better than you did before. That's what they tell me. So the guy's like this. Oh, I see now. Even when I had the glasses, I didn't see this good. So now I can see things I didn't understand before. Because uh, I misjudged. I looked across the street and I thought it was this. It turns out it was that. So that's what it's going to be now. You have a Leif Chodesh and a Ruch Chodesh and all this kind of business. So then you look back and say, oh my God, the 2,000, 3,000 year Jewish history we seriously messed up over here. Then you look at your history and see all the junk you did in the past. And you'll wince. You'll feel 
uh, what's the right word? A sense of self-loathing. Okay? But Hashem concludes this prophecy, uh, which is the main part of the prophecy. The rest of it is just like an add-on. Okay? Uh, it's a nice add-on, but it's just an add-on. But Hashem, in this prophecy, ends on a bitter note. I will save you. I will give you a new heart. I will take you out of the gauze. I will put you in your own land. There will be peace and prosperity. And everything will be great now, but you didn't earn it. Lo lamanchem aniyosa anu mashem alkim. I want you to know that I'm not going to be happy about this. It's not for your sake that I'm doing this. But it's for my sake. Notice, this will be something you did not earn. The fact that you had to call upon my grace, my midasarachimim, and make excessive demands of my midasarachimim, which demands were answered. <laughs> That's the way, you know? Now that we have an unbelievable display of the midasarachim that, that the prophet just laid out. But you already see over here it's like if you go to, well, it's a mom's Nahamad Kizua. You know, you go to a guy and you ask him for more money, more money, more money, and he does give you the money, but you get, it's ashamed. You know what I mean? If you have any kind of a, I mean, if you're a professional beggar, you have no sense of shame. But if you're a regular person, you have a sense of shame. You have to do this, you hit on the guy again and again and again. And look, the Pusik here is just remarkable. Lo Lamanchem Aniose Nu Mashem. Yivodalachem, I want you to know. Bo Shuvi, Kol Mumi Darkechem You should be ashamed of yourselves. Right? Both should be kalmu. You should be full of bush and klima over your history and how you acted. So in other words, there will be a geula, but there's a difference between a geula where Hashem holds his nose and says, okay, I'm going to do it, because I have to, versus um, a geula in which the people earned it. That they say, yeah, we went in Golas, and in Golas we recognized how bad things were, and that led us to repent, and we had a change of heart on our own, and we battled the eights of heart on our own, and we're able to earn a ghoul of some sort and such and such and so forth. So you're left, and then the rest of it is not interesting, you know, in that Israel will be a utopia, basically. That's all. Whatever. It's, it's, it's just a, uh, it's, it's, it's a utopian prophecy. When Mashiach, you know, everything will be great, which it will, okay? But you want to know something? It's It's fascinating. You can have peace and prosperity, all the rest of it, but uh, what's the right word? Hashem will not be in a good mood. <laughs> it's not. It's not the way he wanted history to unfold. You understand? He wanted history to unfold this way, but since you have bechira, and you constantly insist on choosing the wrong thing, of course we're speaking in general over here. He's speaking to Klai Yisrael. He ain't talking to Chaim Kanievsky. You know, he's talking in general to Rov Klai Yisrael. Since you have Bechira, and I never interfered with the Bechira, and you never got it right, you never made the right choice, so I find myself forced to, uh, what's the right word, you know, extinguish the Midas Adin, and just only go with the Midas Arachman, which is not the way I want it to be. But, so, so this is an, an instance, it's a little bit like, to me anyway, as I guess I can tell you how I see it, it's a little bit like the aftermath of the Golden Calf. What happens over there? Hashem says, oh, they made a golden calf. I'm going to kill all the Jews right now. Oh, don't kill them. And so forth. And finally, you know, <laughs> so I won't kill them, but I don't want them anymore. I'll send a Malach. I don't have nothing to do with them. And so on and so forth. So in other words, I will rescue them, 
from what they deserve, but I will be holding my nose. And you and I know that Moshe Rabbeinu said that wasn't good enough. And he went an extra 40 days and 40 nights, culminating in Yom Kippur, when all that bitterness and anger was significantly reduced or assuaged. I don't say it all went away, significantly reduced and assuaged. We have here in the, the Sefer Yecheskel a prophecy, but as long term as forever as the future of that kind of business. Lo lamanchem aniyose, boshu midarchechem So it's one heck of a haftorah. And it's kind of funny to me that we read this in the in the uh, uh, run-up to uh, Pesach. Uh, I think, let's read, what everybody says is, that it, I mean, because of all the uh, of all the haftorahs, I mean, that's the one you do. It's not a picker upper, you know. Unless you're a really schmo type of person, you say, "I don't care as long as I get redeemed in the end. As long as we live in a utopia, who cares?" But that's not the right way to be. You understand? So, because the usual way of understanding it, and you'll see in all the chamashim and all that, is since there's a pasuk that says, "Bezarakti aleichem ma'im tahorim mutahartem, we call to masechem." When we call Gilechem Atarishem, so there. So what does that mean? I'll sprinkle upon you Mayim Torah. Where do we ever have that? And the answer is Paraduma. Okay, Mechatos. So since they use that uh, mushal, because it is a mushal, you do understand God will not stand there with a hyssop and sprinkle water on us. You see, Bezarakti Achimayim Torah Atarishem is is expression. It's not literal. Okay. Um, Rashi knows this, and Rashi says, uh, I think there's a mistake in, in my opinion. I think the way to read it is, I mean, to me, it's clear as the day. That's a misprint. Uh, so, it, it, as I say, for it's a muscle. Assembly and so forth, that uh, you know, I'll use, uh, I'll use this. Uh, but what it really, of course, means is that you know, um, the same way that sprinkling the water of Achatas sort of poof makes all the Tumas Ames go away, uh, so all your sins will go away. Well, it's not the same thing. I mean, you, you know, there's the, the, the moral potion in there is quite different, but uh, like I say before. There are other ways, I think. I, I, and I wouldn't share this with you unless I thought that this is what it really means. But there are other ways of reading it. And probably, knowing the history of Claudius Israel, they probably preferred to read it in a somewhere nicey-nice, uh, goody-two-shoes type way. Uh, different Mepharshim have different approaches. And so maybe it's on that basis, on the goody-two-shoes, that they that this became accepted as the Haftorah um, of um, Parshish Parah. But if you take the trouble to read in this whole context, as I just laid out for you, and as far as I can see, it's pretty tough. You understand? And in, in you, you ever wonder what's the difference between Bita Achi Shano? This is the after you can you can sort of see that if you have eyes to see and you're doing uh, willing to look at it. Anyway, excuse me. Anyway, I wanted to share that with you. I'm glad we did this by Wednesday night. I want to thank Matthew Hirschfeld for sponsoring this. And uh, without any further ado, I wish you all a good week.
For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.